Welcome back to Yes, that can't be good. A rewatch podcast of the sci-fi original series Eureka. Let's get going. Hey, it's Doug with the TV Guide Synopsis, Season Four, Episode Eleven, Liftoff. Carter lands in an awkward situation after Sarah and Andy's nuptials hit a snag. Zane keeps harassing Joe for details, and unscheduled launch presents trouble for the gang. Original air date July 11, 2011. Creators Andrew Cosby and Jamie Paglia. Teleplayed by Bruce Miller. Story by Jamie Paglia and Bruce Miller. And directed by Mike Roll. Holy socks! Hey, we're back with Season 4, Episode 11, Liftoff. I'm here with my co-host Skip. Hello. This is one of my favorite episodes, so don't ruin it with your science. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are about to be bummed out. Okay, so we open at a decorated smart house. Yeah. You know what? That smart house, why don't they do something with that? With the front door, right. yeah. Or with the paint. front. So, yeah. When Henry changed the timeline, they had a nice mailbox, yeah. they had a nice lawn. Yeah. It was a house. Yeah. Why don't they do something yeah, with it that? It looks ever? like an old bunker. Yeah. But then again, to be fair, if that were my house, and yeah. that was the front entrance to my house... I would leave it looking like Because a you don't want people. Yeah, but I think it looks cool. <laughs> I, it's like living in an old nuclear bomb I guess, silo. I guess, you I know? guess. But it just bothers me. It always yeah. bothers me. So we open at the decorated smart house. It looks like there's going to be a wedding. Yeah. And they trick us into believing Carter and yeah, Alice and Carter are getting and married. Getting married. Carter's getting into his tux and is called away to see the bride. Andy asks if he could help, but Carter says he's got it. He finds Allison in the powder room, air quotes, who just says cold feet as another ploy to keep us guessing, and tells him to talk to the bride, who we find out is Sarah. Yeah. Jack is, as usual, is finding all of this ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) But Allison says that they can learn a lot from a marriage between two emotionally abled AIs. Sarah, you can't have cold feet. You don't even have feet. Technically, you're correct, Sheriff Carter, but the impending ceremony has hyperstimulated my anxiety programming. Oh, this is beyond ridiculous. Listen, we have talked about this. Studying the interaction of two emotionally enabled AIs is an incredible opportunity for neural computing. Think of what we can learn about human relationships. Well, we can learn a lot without me having to rent a tox. Like, no, I don't want to talk please, to you. Please. Allison and Carter tried to talk to Sarah, but she eventually calls it off. Yeah, poor Andy. Joe and Fargo are talking about the wedding being canceled when Zane comes over to harass Joe a bit. Yeah. Fargo sends him off to finish working on an ion damper. Zane leaves but tells Joe that she can't ignore him forever. Joe ignores him (laughs) (laughs) and mentions a breach in the sewage line that tripped a biosensor, but it's nothing important. Yeah. That has nothing to do with anything. That has nothing right? to do with anything. Okay. It's just, you know, when house I, cleaning. Kind right. Of, when I, when I wrote that work. down, I said, I don't think that has anything to yeah. do with anything. But then yeah. I neglected to pay attention. That was kind of like her purpose for walking up right then. Or... Fargo tells Joe that she's going to have to explain the ring eventually. Which, yeah, yeah, she is. Unless she banishes him or redacts him, she can't yeah. avoid him forever. Yeah. Which she does mention to him. <laughs> well, she's going to send him to the sewers. Yeah, too. send him to the sewers, <laughs> send him to Antarctica or something, she says. Yes. <laughs> yeah. right. So at D and Vincent tries to get rid of the cake and pigs in a blanket. Jack's mm-hmm. off where the pigs in a blanket. Yeah. And what am I going to do with 400 pigs in 400 blankets? You bring them out, it's what you do. Bless you, Sheriff. Ew. What? I'm hungry. 
Zane finds Fargo playing in an old spaceship. Zane installs the ion damper. Zane asks why he would bother putting a pulse engine in a 60-year-old rocket. Fargo says that the launch system still works, but Zane thinks that since they pulled out most of the other controls, yeah. that they're planning to use it as an unmanned launch. Fargo tells him that the project is need-to-know. Yeah, need-to-know basis. Yeah. Zane closes them in the rocket because he wants to talk to Fargo and tells Fargo he needs to be in the need-to-know category and he wants to know about Joe. So Fargo panics because he had the ignition on when Zane installed the ion damper and closed the door so the rocket starts to begin liftoff. So they started the launch process by closing the door, I guess? I guess. And installing the ion damper. I think, didn't he, he had previously installed the ion damper? Right, but I guess Fargo had the switches on. Yeah. So I guess when the door closes, I don't know. Do you start the launch sequence? I guess, apparently. Yeah. As the rocket launches, there's flashes of people in GD, Larry's eating a bagel, Cafe Diem looking yeah. around, realizing something's happened. They call a white alert. Was it white alert? It was white something alert, but I don't know if it I was a whole... Yeah, never heard remember. of it. Joe, Allison, Larry, and Carter, and Henry meet in the lobby. Allison sends Larry to find Fargo. Yeah. Joe reports <laughs> that there was an unauthorized <laughs> launch of a decommissioned rocket. Yeah. Henry knows just what it is. He says yeah. it's an unmanned probe that he and Fargo acquired that they gutted to test yeah. a new engine. So Fargo says it's need to know, and Henry, Henry just in the lobby of DG, everybody. oh yeah, that rocket, we were going to use that as an unmanned probe. We got the faster than light drive on there. And... Right, and he says it's faster than light and built on the principle of the Einstein bridge. So yeah. Carter's... Okay, the bridge device again. Yeah, what the hell with this Where thing? are we going now? <laughs> Joe and Allison says that there's a protocol for this type of situation, of course. Yeah. Blasting it with space missiles, but they need Fargo's authorization. Right. Allison jumps really easily back into... Very easily back into I'm the boss. I'm the boss mode, Yeah. yeah. She gives everybody their assignments. And Carter, she's off and running. Right? Carter tells Allison that he'll find Fargo so they can shoot the rocket down. Because Allison's afraid if they don't shoot it down, it's going to come down in the middle of town yeah. or somewhere else. Okay. Larry, get Mission Control up and running. Joe, send an evacuation team to Section 5. Henry, we need a hard trajectory for the interceptor missiles. Seems like you know how to run the place. Well, that rocket could come down in the middle of the city. I need Fargo's authorization to launch those interceptors. I'll find it. Thanks, Carter. Also back there, Carter. Fargo comes to... Yeah, they're weightless. ...and realizes they're up in space. Zane wakes up and actually seems a little more on edge than Fargo. Fargo's oh, yeah. pretty calm. Yeah, there's a little things. role reversal yeah, going on here yeah. between uh, those two. Yeah, it was, um, it was cool. And prior to that, they're mentioning how Fargo is... Stepping up. You're stepping up. Yeah. You're, you know, you're really acting like you're a real leader here. Yeah. You know? Fargo thinks it's their lucky day because they survived the launch. Yeah. <laughs> Zane doesn't see it that way. Yeah. <laughs> but then finds out that their communication is down. Allison decides that they can't wait for Fargo and begins initiating the command launch to launch the rockets. Larry doesn't want to have any part of it because he says it's, it feels like mutiny. Yeah. It did not take much convincing no, for didn't. him to put his no. hand on the pad there. Rockets are launched. Joe and Carter checked the records to see the only people who entered the area were Henry, Fargo, and Professor I.P. Freely. Yeah. Which, of course, <laughs> they know would be Zane. Yeah. Both Joe and Carter say that there's no way Fargo or Zane would not have felt the launch yeah. because the yeah. whole town shook. 
And there's no way either of them wouldn't be there. Of course, Fargo being the head of GD and Zane would be there just to yeah. make fun of them for screwing up again. Right. Carter starts to wonder if they were inside the rocket. So Fargo fixed the life support, but they only have six hours. And like we said, he's pretty calm about the whole thing yeah. while Zane says he's going to be sick. Yeah, they have six hours because of the oxygen they have in there. Yeah. Right. There's only six hours of oxygen. Zane sees the rockets heading towards them. Fargo calmly tells him that it's standard procedure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's like, it doesn't procedure. even occur to him that and, uh, it's going to hit yeah. them. Well, why wouldn't the rockets be coming? Of course the rockets are coming. They get into an asshat bite me argument. <laughs> Carter runs to Mission Control to get them to stop the launch. Yeah. Carter aborts the mission and is told that it's on a collision course with the International Space Station. Yeah, and, and he says, aboard. oh, sorry. Right. Later on, we're jumping ahead, but later on, Allison gets mad at him. I think she thinks that he's taking liberties with yeah. their relationship. Yeah. I think Carter would have done that. Oh, would it? Yeah. If she was if anybody still the was, boss if and they she were back was the in boss, their other timeline, right. he would have done the if same Fargo thing. If Fargo was the boss, yeah. if anybody it, oh, was the boss. Oh, did I? Yeah. Oh. He would have you panicked know. and hit the button. she said, do you know they're on board or do you think they're on board? Right. Oh, I think they're on board? Okay, so we might be killing six people because you, you think, think right. they might be on right. board? Right. But I don't think that was him taking advantage of their no. situation. I think he would have done that either way. Back of the rocket, Zane is vomiting. Fargo seems to be enjoying the view of Earth. Yeah. But they do see they're approaching the space station. Larry confirms that they're going to collide. Allison says there's no way to contact them, even if they are alive. Because there's nothing left in the capsule. Yeah, Allison doesn't even think they would have survived the the launch. Allison has Larry warn the space station. Meanwhile, Fargo decides to let out some oxygen to maybe make the ship turn and not hit the space station. But they do bump it, and we see Jamie Paglia in the window. <laughs> they hit a space station before when they weaponized the moon with that big rocket. Oh, yeah. I think they showed people looking at yeah, them going they by. they wave as they yeah. go by. Yeah, Fargo's worried because now he bumped the space yeah, station. Yeah, he scratched it. Now I'll never be an astronaut. <laughs> so now they have to try and get them down. Henry thinks about using the FTL drive. Faster right. than light, right? Faster than light. Okay. But they have to get the Boson Cloud Exciter up and running to yes. catch them. Yep. We all remember that from when Kim's ship came down. Yep. But they have to communicate with them somehow to tell them to use it. Right. Zane and Fargo now only have two hours of oxygen left. Zane blames Fargo, and Fargo blames Zane for trying to extort information about Joe. He mistakenly says he was trying to get into Joe's pants, where he never deserved yeah. to be in the first place. And he knows what? as soon as first place? Right. He knows <laughs> as soon as he says it that yeah. he made a mistake. So Zane starts to question that statement, but Fargo changes the subject and starts looking for the FTL because he has the same idea Henry does. Yeah. Even though it's not been tested. You and know. then he says, we'll use this. And Zane is like, what are you, crazy? And then he says, well, Henry's going to know that I'll do this, so Henry will get that. Right, which is true. Uh, the Boson Cloud Exciter ready. Right. Except, yeah. <laughs> Zane tells Fargo that he took the pulse damper or dampener, dampener from the BCI. Yeah, Fargo indicates that something terrible will happen if they fire up the BCI without that part. Right. Although he doesn't tell us what it is. So then we cut to Henry and Grace getting the BCI online. Yeah. And we cut back to Allison and Carter at GD. Carter tries to apologize for jumping the gun 
on canceling the rocket, and Allison is angry because he didn't give her a chance to trust him. Yeah. To trust his hunch. You didn't trust me. Well, it's a panic situation. I think if somebody says the abort button is there, yeah. any, I think almost anybody would yeah. panic. And and like I said, Carter would have just hit that button no matter who yeah. was there. Yeah, yeah. Especially if Stark was still there. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just then they start to hear a beeping, and Carter thinks it's Morse code, but it's some sort of... Yeah, other kind sort of, of other kind military of code or something com- like yeah, that. Yeah, that is telling them the BCE is dangerous. Yeah, they try to warn Henry, but it's too late. Yeah, it sends out a pulse and shuts down all of the power all over town. Now they have to find Henry, but the vehicles won't work, and they start walking. But Joe rides up with three horses. Yeah, Joe has to find the horses, saddle them I- up, get them ready. She had to start that process before the power went out. Right, unless it took them a very long time to get out of Jeezy. I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, unless there's horses nearby. Dude could have been. Very yeah. close. We never really get a true picture yeah. of where everything is in Eureka. Jeezy seems like it's so far away, except when Dr. Nobel, I think it was, mm. they had five minutes to get to the rocket in the middle of town. Yeah. Now, it would take me five minutes to get out of GD. Yeah. And when they arrive, right down the elevator, get your car, right? Get the car, find your keys. (laughs) But they made it there with thirty seconds to spare. So it's never clear where. I want to see a map. And they don't have the. uh, Remember first episode that disguised the old bridge. You know the uh, hologram of the thing. They never show that again. Yeah, they only. It's not GD isn't hidden anymore. Right, and that's why it was so confusing how they can get there so fast because they made it seem like it was way out there. I want to see a map. There must be one online somewhere. Oh, there's got to be. Henry and Grace are working on the BCE. Henry tell, says if Fargo got a message out to them, they may be able to reverse or invert the frequency so they may be able to talk back. Yeah. But they need power. Henry points them in the direction of an old communication station right outside of town, and Grace says she has an insulated generator in her office. But it's not in her office. It's not in her office. Didn't it's... she say it's in my office? Yeah, it's in my office. My office, I guess, is in a is thousand t- miles underneath the ground or something like that. <laughs> okay, because yeah. I thought I made the, a mistake, the... but I could swear she said yeah. my office, right? Yeah. Henry says he can improvise the part needed for the BCE, but it would only be a one-time use, of yeah. course. Grace says the generator is underground. Yeah. Maybe her office is, is in underground. The I don't know. Yeah. So Joe heads off to try to get it. She has no idea how she's going to get it. Yeah. And she's making it up as it goes. But Joe's a badass, so she'll, yeah. you know. She's a Marine. She could do it. They could do it. Yeah. There's got to be another way to get down there. Maybe right. it's an elevator and there's no power, so you have to go down that giant hole in the ground. Right. That, or make, That's just perpetually It doesn't make open. any sense. But they have to time everything exactly. Yeah. Allison and Carter arrive at the station, and they find the panel, but it's stuck. Allison says he needs a plasma cutter to open it, but Jack hands her a screwdriver. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I have my Leatherman here. Why you didn't know, I think of that? It's Doctor Who's sonic screwdriver. This will do <laughs> anything they open it but they find all the wires are i don't know if they're cut disconnected or chewed yeah. through but they're not yeah. in working order back in the rocket zane explains that he needs to be clued in on what's going on right he feels like someone erased his memory yes which yeah, is I a guess, reasonable thing yeah to say. i guess yeah. yeah i never even thought of that until he said that yeah because what else thought would it was him not yeah because what else would he think yeah yeah it didn't occur to me either yeah fargo i wasn't trying to extort me I just need you to clue me in, you and Joe. Just let it go. I want to, believe me, because I ain't feeling like this. Like what? Well, like someone messed with my brain. You 
erased my memories. And Joe and I, we used to be something, but I don't know what. And she does. If you, um, if you loved someone, wouldn't you want to know? Just then they notice another oxygen leak. So Joe is at the big hole in the ground. Yeah. And she climbs down to find Andy, who is looking for a place to be left alone. Yeah, because he's heartbroken. Right. But Joe realizes that he's still functioning. Yeah. And he's a power source. Because he said the same thing that uh, Henry's wife said, that it's copper insulated. His head is the same construction as her generator. That's right. So he's a power source. Yeah. So they don't have to pull the generator out. Jack finds a landline, and Allison, who knows the number of NASA and NAVCOM, because she dialed it every day for a year <laughs> when she was a kid trying to get into space camp. And I she think has... all you do to get into space camp is pay a fee. I think that's really all you have to do. Unless <laughs> she was looking for a scholarship to do it. I don't know. It, it made it sound like it was something that they only choose a particular yeah, a amount. Special, a yeah. special space camp where you it wasn't some go space, to space. Yeah, it wasn't some space camp like out <laughs> yeah, right. in some park somewhere. It was a space yeah. camp that you actually go... To space. To space or something. (laughs) (laughs) So Allison has a security clearance number, and she asks for a UHF transmitter. Yeah. But they don't have one. Yeah, because that capsule they're in is a Mercury-era capsule. Right. They don't have any of that stuff anymore. Then Carter asks Allison about satellites, if they have satellites. Well, he's thinking he could bounce a signal off of a satellite if they redirect it into the... Right, but I didn't get that until they did it. Yeah. We come back to Fargo and Zane working on the FTL. They're ready to start it. Zane apologizes for being useless earlier. Yeah. He commends Fargo for staying so calm. Yeah. Fargo says he could buy him a milkshake when they get back to yeah. the ground. This is when Zane and Fargo become friends. That's why I like this. Yeah. But I like that the five of them are all friends now because yeah. of their trip to yeah. 1947. But I love that Zane and Fargo are friends because they are the most opposite. Yeah. The two most opposite yeah. people in the world. I love that. Yeah. Fargo's phone starts to ring, and Fargo wonders what the roaming charge is in space. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't want to answer it because it might cost me a lot of money. Zane makes him answer, and it's Jack telling him not to fire up the drive. And he tells him how long they have until he fixes it, but they have less oxygen than Than it's going to be. And then he told him, well, do it right then. They can only redirect the satellite for so long, so they're disconnected. So Fargo doesn't know if Carter got the message. So Joe gets Andy out of the hole, and Carter takes him to the site, (laughs) laying across the horse. Zane says he knew he would die young, but he didn't think it would be with Fargo. So they test the power and find another oxygen leak. Yeah. Fargo finally admits that they're going to die. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's More than likely. Yeah. And now Zane's the one who's taking over. Yeah, now uh, they are going to fix this problem. Yeah, so he fixes the FTL. Grace and Henry are working on the BCE with Andy as the power source. Back in the racket, Fargo figures they're going to die anyway, so he decides to tell Zane about the other timeline. Yeah. Although we don't hear the whole explanation, but... Yeah, we don't hear, well, back in Founder's Day, we went back to... You know that he's told him the whole story. Okay, so on the ground, they get the BCE up and running and hope they fire up the FTL in time. Fargo yeah. uses Engage <laughs> <laughs> when they fire up the FTL, yeah. and they both come down screaming. The BCE catches them as Andy falls over. And all is well. Poor Andy. Okay, now here's okay, my Okay, go ahead. I knew you got problems. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I got problems with this. Now... They're traveling the speed of light. Faster than the speed. Faster than the speed of light. But mm-hmm. let's for the moment say the speed of light. Okay. Okay. 
They are going to impact the Earth at the speed of light. Nobody feels that concerned about this. Like, if they don't get this going, we are going to impact the Earth at the speed of light. So now, I'm thinking to myself, well, what would happen if something impacted the Earth at the speed of light? A meteorite hits the ground, and it causes a considerable amount of damage. So now, let's say, okay, a golf ball is about 45 grams. If that impacted the Earth at half the speed of light, the kinetic energy would be equal to 150 kilotons, 10 Hiroshima bombs, 45 grams, half the speed of light. Okay. Okay. Now, at 99.9999999.1 speed of light, that's the speed that protons travel around the LHC. The kinetic energy would be equivalent to 7,000 megatons. That's every nuclear weapon on the planet going off simultaneously in one spot. Okay, that's the amount of energy. Okay. A golf ball, 45 grams. I got it. Now, at 99.9999999.7, the energy would be 400,000 megatons. That's an extinction-level event, a golf ball. They are in a Mercury-era capsule, which presumably weighs more than... A golf ball. A, a golf ball, okay? Hitting the Earth at the speed of light, it would crack the planet in half. That extinction level, everybody on Earth is probably going to die. No one feels that concerned about it. <laughs> no. If we don't get this timing exactly right, we will Destroy ruin this planet. And they're like, well, let's hope. <laughs> we're going to get it done. <laughs> Don't worry, Henry will figure it out. That's right. So we're just going to press that button and go down the speed of light. The responsible thing for them to do is to never hit that button unless they are 100% sure that that device down on the earth is going to stop them. Okay, so what would happen if they just didn't hit the button and were trapped there? Uh, obviously, they'd die because they'd yeah, run out of oxygen. They'd run out of oxygen. What would happen to the ship? Would it fall eventually? Well, it depends on where the orbit is. The orbit is in a you know in an orbit where it's going to degrade after a time. It will eventually come down and hit the but earth it wouldn't be at, the at a reasonable right. speed and you know it would hit more than likely it hit an ocean because you know there's just more ocean right. than land yeah so, and really know. at the beginning allison was more concerned about it hitting a town yeah but then it's in an orbit and it's up around where the space station is so right. it's in a pretty stable orbit if it's in the same area right. you know they could send a ship up there sometime in the future to to get it, you know, to, retrieve to, it. to retrieve it or to move it or to do something with it. They don't feel very concerned about destroying the planet. Or the rioters didn't think somebody was going to go Google all this information. But that's a question that the first thing I thought of, what would happen if something, right. the speed of light... Now, first of all, nothing with maths could travel the speed of light, so this device has to do something magic. <laughs> Which doesn't really bother me. No, it's for the show. It's the show. There's Star Trek does it all the time, and no one really says how they do it. So that didn't bother me too much. But then they would say, okay, well, if we hit the Earth the speed of light, man, we're, we're going to die. Yeah. You and everybody else on the planet's going to die. Very irresponsible thing. <laughs> Once again, I'm going to say, 
I wouldn't have considered the, looking it up. So. The first thing I thought of. What would happen? <laughs> They're writing the show for me. <laughs> <laughs> Not for you, <laughs> Mr. Science. Someone should have thought of that. And it would have made the show better if Henry says, if this thing just... comes down, this is an extinction level event. If they hit that button and we don't catch them. That would have made the plot even better. This is not just two people might die Mm -hmm. coming down and hitting the earth. If we don't do this right, this is the end of the world. It's not just our little community that's going to die. Well, good thing they caught him, huh? I guess, (laughs) yeah. But to hit that button not fully knowing if they're going to get caught, irresponsible. Like many of the things that they do. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, they do stuff that's irresponsible that may kill a few people. Kill power to a continent, but to destroy a planet. Right. Well, that's my issue. So. So even though you're trying to ruin it with your science, still my favorite. <laughs> one of my favorite. But episodes. you know, all that aside, Zane and Fargo are friends now. Yes, they bonded. Yeah. Yes. Bonded over the complete annihilation. <laughs> of the Joe comes riding up on a horse as they got out of the rocket. When Zane hugs Joe, he calls her Jojo, but doesn't say anything about what Fargo told him, but she kind of looks like maybe they had yeah. some sort of discussion. Later at Cafe Diem, Carter's still eating pigs in a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> those are so disgusting. I know they are. Ugh. We're supposed to like those, you know, we're Polish. Ew, no, I know. we don't have no, to. No, we don't we're have supposed to. to. You know what? We're Polish, but we were raised Italian, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I gotta say, the Italian food is much better. Yes, it definitely. Yeah. Pigs in a blanket and what's kabasi. Yeah. Uh, pierogies aren't bad, though. I like yeah. pierogies. Yeah. yeah. I'll eat them, but I won't. Yeah, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go wouldn't out of my way. the street to go get right. one. Right. If know. there was a ravioli and a pierogi, I would pick the ravioli. The ravioli. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> a pierogi is just a, a bad ravioli. Well, they're good if you fry them, but then you're eating you a You ever have a fried ravioli? I told you the story about DC in the grocery store. No. Speaking of that, <laughs> you know, Stop and Shop has this section where there's prepared food, like yeah. chicken yeah, wings yeah, yeah, yeah. or chicken tenders yeah. or something. Well, there was a package of fried breaded ravioli. Oh. And I don't think he noticed the ravioli part of it. Oh, okay. And he, he thought was it was like, chicken wings? Mom, <laughs> fried bread. <laughs> he, he thought, like, his world... <laughs> What? Fried bread? (laughs) And I kept trying to tell him, it's ravioli, you don't like pasta. But he loves it. Yeah. He loves fried ravioli. Yeah. Yes. It was like the heavens opened. (laughs) (laughs) Fried bread. What could be better than that? (laughs) Fried and bread. (laughs) Even though he won't eat pasta of any kind. Well, he. I won't say, I can't say that anymore. He will eat it. But it's under duress. Oh, okay. But yeah, yeah. it used to be he wouldn't touch it. Yeah. Of any kind. Yeah. Any kind of pasta. But he does love fried ravioli. Fried ravioli is good. I can't <laughs> yes, blame him for that. Because he went into it thinking it was fried bread. <laughs> 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 so while Carter's eating his pigs in a blanket, Allison comes in complaining about pain from riding a horse. During the episode, she called him Jack, and then it was back to and Carter, Carter, and yeah. Carter was taking offense at all that, and yeah. I don't know why, because she's called him Carter for how many years? It's but not... now that they're together, and she already called him Jack, and yeah. it's like, oh, it's Jack now. Yeah. But Just... it's, it's reasonable. Work time, you're Carter. Right. Alone time, yeah. you're Jack. Why is he taking all that offense? Yeah. I, I don't know. He's... Andy comes to the smart house to talk to Sarah. He wants to know what he did wrong. Yeah. Sarah says she doesn't know if she wants to be a housewife. <laughs> See? But she still wants to spend time with him. Yeah. So they agree to leave the door open. That I was know. a pun. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I get it. Joe confronts Fargo about Zane, but before he can answer, he's yeah. pretty much abducted almost. Yeah. And he's brought to Washington to meet Senator Wen mm. and a committee of number one about launching the rocket, which was a mistake, and as usual, assessing the future of Eureka. Yeah. The end. Yeah. So did we miss anything? I don't I think, think so. I think we got everything, right? Yeah. yeah, I forgot about Senator Wen. Oh, at the end of this episode? Yeah, I totally... I kind of almost... I mean, I kind of remember, but... Because she's there a lot from this point forward, but... Yeah. I kind of... Yeah, I forgot, totally forgot about her. And now they send Felicia Day. Yes. Pretty soon, right? She's coming up soon, right? I think the next episode. Is it the next episode? Isn't it the next episode where... where, uh, I won't say. I don't want to spoil it. DC loves that she shows up in Eureka. Yeah. Or Erica, as he calls it. So do I, though. Her character on the, the upcoming episodes... Fantastic. Her character and Will Wheaton. Yeah. It's, it's good. They added a lot of cool people this yeah. season. Okay, so since we have nothing else with this episode, we will be back next week. Bye. Bye-bye. What? Says unknown caller. What do you think roaming charges are in space? Please remember to follow us on our Facebook page. Yeah, that can't be good. At Facebook.com backslash Eureka Rewatch or on Twitter at Eureka Rewatch. Links to information discussed during our podcasts will be added to our website at EurekaRewatch.com. You can also listen to our podcast on Podbean. If you'd like to send us an email, please email us at Eureka Rewatch at Gmail. We would love to hear from you. And we're now also available on Google Play. See? This thing types crazy. <laughs> you type something you don't understand. Ask in the rocket? Fargo, so he had to really... What? <laughs>